Hi, this is Paula. And I'm Joseph, and you're listening to Life Lived Better. All right, so today we're going to talk about dysfunctional families, also what a healthy functioning family looks like. So I say we start with kind of defining what the characteristics are of a dysfunctional family and what that looks like. Absolutely. And certainly I don't have one, you know, so I'm going to have to be going totally cold here, just seeing what it says on the paper. But uh, (laughs) Some of the, uh, we did a little research and uh, if if we ever talk about things that aren't just our opinion, of course, you can find the facts where we uh, found those things. You can find that on our website. Um, but it says here that the, you know, kind of common, it just, just in general, this may not be true for you, but doesn't mean that you aren't from an unhealthy family, but um, some of the just common characteristics are some communication issues, uh, you know, a lack of, or we all know uh, that we do communicate, whether it's a, in, a, in a healthy way or non-healthy way, everyone communicates, you know, but the unhealthy communication falls in kind of to the unhealthy family area, kind of a lack of empathy, likely for one another and some addiction, mm-hmm. um, mental health issues. What else um, have we got there, Joseph? Uh, controlling behaviors, uh, perfectionism, criticism, lack of independence and privacy. So yeah. those are just a few things that kind of uh, popped up when I did a quick search on dysfunctional families and kind of how to identify what that looks like. Um, from your standpoint, what, how would you define a dysfunctional family? I think, I mean, you know, to me, if I look at, um, at the, just like, kind of like the definition of dysfunction, it means that, you know, it isn't functioning Mm -hmm. adequately or appropriately. And kind of in my mind, when I think of, um, a family dysfunction or an unhealthy family, it's like the family as a unit, isn't meeting the needs of the family as a unit in a, in a healthy way, Right. you know, and, and I also look at it on a spectrum because I Mm -hmm. think, you know, you don't have to have abuse going on in a family for there to be dysfunction. Mm. It, it can be just, you know, not meeting your needs on all the areas, you know, consistently. Uh, it, it, you know, doesn't have to be the end of the spectrum where, you know, articles we read where people are ended up, you know, uh, murdered or in the hospital or, you know, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be on that end of right. the spectrum to have some of the issues. And I would suspect mo- more people you know, a majority of us kind of fall somewhere mid spectrum. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. And that's a really good point. I think people do when they think of, you know, are they functioning or dysfunctional? They think of the extreme circumstances, just like with addiction and alcoholism, people that, you know, see alcoholism or drug abuse as, you know, people that are passed out, you know, drunk or, laying in the streets high, like worst case scenarios. And, and that's just, that's not accurate. There's a lot of, and, and even with dysfunctional families, there's a lot of high functioning that goes on within the family, um, even at a dysfunctional level, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt. Now, I think that's important when we're working with clients. I found it important that that families understand that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that our clients understand that, that it isn't usually the people that we see, you know, in our levels of care, they don't, I mean, you know, and, and it's a, it's probably real dangerous to see it in the, like the end of the spectrum as the, the typical case. Cause I think we can get in 
lots of trouble that way. If mm -hmm. I if I think of well, I'm not I'm not that bad yet. You know, right. you you may have a long way to go before you there's any intervention or you do anything differently. Yeah. So when I think of dysfunction, uh, a lot of things come up around my family, my family <laughs> dynamic, and. Um, you know, when I think of healthy families, I, I am not really sure, honestly, how many healthy families I can actually say that I know. I mean, definitely yeah. with the folks that I work with, you know, most of them are dealing with addiction and, you know, abuse issues. And so obviously there's dysfunction that happens in those families and, you know, issues growing up, um, kind of how that affects us as an adult, which I think we should get into. Absolutely. But, you know, I think more people than not come from some kind of dysfunctional environment growing up. Yeah, I think whenever uh, dysfunctional families kind of hit the it even, I mean, it was on even PBS in the 1980s, John Bradshaw and Claudia Black, you know, when it was kind of the the big news mm -hmm. in America, I think their statistics were something like 80% of American families had a some type of dysfunction. So yeah. it's not abnormal. And I think that's the difficult part is uh, like us talking about it now, I, I jokingly said, you know, of course, I don't come from a, a dysfunctional family because do I want that out there? Do I want that out, uh, you know, where people can hear that something about me is not perfect or healthy, right. you know? Right. Yeah. I think it's important to share. And I personally, I don't have, I don't have a problem sharing about my personal kind of history and where that falls in the dysfunctional family. I'm just going to try not to throw any of my family members under the bus or Isn't that the hard part? use specific names. Yeah. I always <laughs> wanted to be on Oprah and my mom used to always say, and what are you going to say about us? <laughs> It, 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 you know, something that's funny is the, I think, healthier I get, the more work I've done and the older I get, the more I, um, I realize uh, the aspects that were healthy and good in my mm -hmm. family. And I think families, I know I need to also acknowledge that, you know, some of the, the positive stuff and because right. we all have both, you know, we mm -hmm. have, we have a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. My family in particular, I mean, we're all close. We all, you know, love is is there. There's no doubt that we love and care about each other. We just have a lot of, you know, personality conflicts and, you know, different, some of us have different beliefs, um, just different, different history, different experiences that result in, you know, sometimes a really good connection in this area, but a disconnect in this area. Mm -hmm. And just like with friends, I mean, I have friends that I have, you know, fundamental differences with, but I'm still able to be friends with those people. Um, same thing with my family. There are people within my family that we have fundamental differences, but we're still able to able to um function and have a relationship on some level i think that's important i i, I don't know wouldn't life be kind of boring if we just surrounded ourselves with people who were like us yeah absolutely. I mean, if, if people never challenged us I mean, how how would we ever how would you grow i mean if, if no one was ever different than you if it was just uh, the people that say, yeah, yeah, you're always right and everything's great and you're exactly, that's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. That would be. Well, I, I just, am usually always right. So. Well, you know, I mean, that's why you and I are friends, aren't we? <laughs> As you were talking, I just threw up on our screen this, um, uh, these, I guess we call them, you know, kind of like family roles mm -hmm. um, and it, roles of family who are in like an unhealthy or dysfunctional system. And because that, that this is uh, the 
the picture that always comes to my mind when I, I we have this conversation. I was going to ask you, looking at these, and hopefully we'll talk about each one of them, uh, but which one were you growing up in your family? Um, so out of the different ones, so we have the forgotten child, the scapegoat, the parents, um, family clown, caretaker. Um, I would say I probably fall into a couple different um different ones I, I was definitely a bit of the family clown because I had the the fear and the anxiety have you know always had insecurities even today um definitely had the hyperactivity and and easily distracted fragile emotionally um but also under caretaker you know trying to be a high achiever um, I've always been a rule follower for the most part. Um, approval is something that unfortunately I seek out validation um, and inside, you know, definitely guilt, hurt. Well, here I just said something about us being, you know, us needing different people, people different than us in our life. But everything you said, I ditto. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me yeah. too. <laughs> but I'm in, I think it's interesting that you went to the, uh, the inside the the functioning on the inside um, mm -hmm. and I was thinking of the, the what people see on the outside first <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that oh, definitely me too and I was I was thinking big mascot big time mascot especially growing up mm -hmm. um, just such a mascot just very distracted with humor mm -hmm. and uh, as I've grown up I've kind of moved more toward like I went through a, a some more like hero uh, caretaker type, especially, you know, in, in my career. And I always th thought that was interesting, but from what, what you and I have kind of researched, not necessarily for this show, but in, in, in our careers that you can change and you can have different roles depending on the system that you're right. in. So at mm -hmm. work, you might play one of the roles, but at home play another role. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Very true. And that's one of the things I, I talk to clients a lot about is that, you know, a lot of times we can act a certain way for our jobs, but then when it comes to our relationship or our home life, we feel like we can't, you know, we can't operate that same level in our relationships. And I always tell people, if you can do it at work, you can do it at home. Mm -hmm. The difference is there's an emotional connection. So it's a little bit more difficult with that emotional connection to that relationship than it is, you know, with a boss or a coworker. Yeah because yeah. you don't have that same connection. Yeah. But, you know, I definitely think that these are things that, you know, across the board can apply, you know, to your job, to your home, to your friendships, to your relationships. And we all kind of play, play our roles. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. That, that's a good point that if we can do it in one, pl one place, we can, we can do it in another, mm -hmm. uh, I guess, in personal relationships, especially with our family, there's a higher risk because it'll, at a job, you know, um, if, if all else, you know, if, if everything goes horribly wrong, there are other jobs, but mm -hmm. there are no other families. There are other support systems and there are friends you can make outside of your, you know, your family of origin, but our family of origin is what it was, you know, it's mm -hmm. what we're, what we're born into or raised in. And it's just kind of that, that is what it is. And, and you don't get a, you don't get a an, another mom. You don't get another dad. You may get a stepdad, a step parent. Mm -hmm. You may get a parental figure in your life, but the folks that are our actual parents, they are 
they are exactly that for forever and ever. Yeah. And being able to recognize what, you know, what needs you can get met through your, your family and what needs you have to seek outside of your family. You know, if you are not receiving the love and the, the care and then the, you know, needs from your, your mom or your dad, then sometimes you have to seek that out through, you know, a counselor or through friends or people that you pick to be your family. How do you um, do that? I mean, if somebody was, you know, if somebody knew, I've been through situations where I thought, yeah, I know uh, my support system or, or the people that are surrounding me aren't not healthy for me, but like, I don't, how, how do you get new ones? I hear people talk about like family of choice, but how do you get new ones? Where, how do you go? How do you do that? I, I think, I mean, like I would consider you family. I know we've, we've been friends for a long time and I can bounce just about anything off of you mm -hmm. um, and get good feedback. And, and, you know, we've talked about serious things in our, our friendship and, you know, we laugh and have fun. Um, but I think, you know, seeking out that, that through friendships and it's, it is harder as adults to make, you know, friendships and to meet people. But um, for me personally, like, you know, meeting one or two people and then kind of pulling them into and including them in my life. And then as a result, meeting people through them. Um, that's kind of what happened during COVID. We kind of had a small group of people and, and you know, one person just randomly a, a neighbor that moved in came and left a note on my door that she liked her Halloween decorations. And we went down to thank her. And take her a welcome gift and she introduced us to two friends who then introduced us to a friend who then introduced us to another friend and as a result we have this you know five or six group of people that you know we've become really close and and you know kind of like a a family mm -hmm. so you know for me personally my family you know definitely operates in a dysfunctional level and that that shows up as you know lack of boundaries um criticism um you know, I mentioned earlier, there's definitely love there. So in the midst of all of this, I mean, we still know that we love each other. We still are going to have each other's back. You know, I can talk all day long about a, you know, a problem I have with a family member, but if somebody outside my family starts to talk about that family <laughs> member, then suddenly we have a problem. Absolutely. Um, so we're protected. And I think that's one of the things that's also important to remember with, with a dysfunctional family is that there's something instilled in us that we have to protect the family unit. So on the outside, we have to put up this appearance and this, you know, this, we want everybody to see us a certain way, but inside there's just chaos and craziness and, you know, lots and lots of dysfunction happening. Um, and I've seen that in some of the most extreme cases of dysfunctional families where there's, you know, physical or sexual abuse going on, where family members are still, you know, trying to protect that person. I've done it myself personally, and I've caught myself in it. Um, but it's something that definitely happens and it's something that you definitely have to be aware of that, you know, there is just a tendency to want to protect the unit overall. That is such a hard, um, I think, and when you get, if you finally decide you want to go to counseling, one of the first questions I think most counselors ask is kind of like, tell me about your family, I mean, kind of like, tell me about, and tell me about how you grew up or kind of your background. Mm -hmm. And that is such a, a hard thing. I had to, it was, it was a skill I had to learn is that I can talk about my family history and not feel guilty about doing that. Mm -hmm. Not like I'm, 
you know, saying anything, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I go into counseling trying not to protect people because there's such guilt uh, in uh, talking about people who it, we love and they love mm-hmm. us and we know that, yeah. you know, but we have to kind of get over that. And I, I, I think of it as um, family history is kind of like, like how you go to school and learn about American history or Texas history or world history. It's just, it's just facts. It's just something that happened Mm -hmm. that, that if you can kind of pull yourself away from the emotion of it to kind of lay it out on the table as facts is a good place to start. And then also you mentioned about kind of protecting your family. I I know I grew up with hearing the phrase blood is thicker than water. And I know Mm -hmm. some people think, it doesn't matter what they do. They're my family and I'm going to love them and I'm going to be there for them. But it's, you don't have to, it, you know, uh-huh. I mean, if, if you have a toxic family member and they are bad for you, you can, you can make choices not to interact with them. You can pull away from them. You don't yeah. even have to make any big, great announcement. I think to myself, if I wouldn't choose you as my friend, why then am I, protecting you and keeping you in my life, you know, just because you're my family member. So there, right. there are family, I mean, you know, some people may have a family member that it's just detrimental to them, mm-hmm. you know, especially yeah. people in early recovery, for instance, or early change of any kind, they may need to, you know, we may need to pull away from a toxic person, mm-hmm. even if they are family and, and, and in, in some way deal with the feelings of, of guilt or, uh, that message of I'm not supposed to do this, you know, I'm supposed to be loyal to my family uh, somehow, you know, and yeah. I know I've been through that experience where I did have to move away from a person mm-hmm. because it was killing me, you know, I mean, just the const- constant interactions that were toxic for me, uh, you know, just in order for me to heal and grow and work through some things I just had to pull away from them for a while you know Mm -hmm. I've since I've since uh uh, come back you know together and what I've known what I have found out in my my scenarios that we've both changed a lot Mm -hmm. in the the time we were kind of away you know kind of not interacting every day and not um not feeling for me not feeling an obligation to interact and Mm -hmm. I have more appreciation for them now interestingly yeah well, I think, you know, sometimes one of the healthiest things you can do for yourself is exactly what you did, move, <laughs> do what you have to do to take care of yourself, because it is true that person will always be family. I have the similar situation in my family. I have someone in my family that I choose not to have a relationship with. And, you know, that was a tough decision to make, but it's one that ultimately was the best decision for me. And I always say, you know, if you're setting a boundary, you're doing something and it happens to hurt someone's feelings, but you're taking care of yourself, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're just being mean to hurt someone's feelings, it's not okay. But oftentimes when we set those boundaries and those limits, we're, you know, essentially calling someone on a behavior or, you know, pointing out a negative thing that obviously, you know, most people are not going to want to see or hear about themselves, but you have to set the boundary. And part of, you know, some of the healthiest units, family units that I have seen have been, you know, folks that have pulled away from their family and they're seen kind of as the black sheep or the family sees them as, 
you know, whatever you've gone on and done your own thing, gotten your education, or, you know, my mom is one of those. She, you know, she late in life went back and got her GED, got a college degree, became a therapist and a counselor, completely changed, you know, career. She was in property management before that. And, you know, her, some of her family sees her as, you know, for lack of a better word, bougie, mm-hmm. I've <laughs> you heard know, because she went on and made that. something of herself. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would think, I mean, part of, uh, I think what we have to be careful about is uh, thinking everyone would think this way or feel this way, Mm -hmm. because this is the way I think or feel. But for a long time, whenever people did had stories like that, I would think, oh my gosh, your family must be so proud of you. But Mm -hmm. no, some families are like, who do you think you are? You think you're better than us? Because something about your mom's decisions to better her life threatens. Right threatens the person that isn't bettering their life right very unhealthy it is very unhealthy so I what what do you do what do you what do you tell your clients or what would you do in a situation like that if somebody did want to kind of pull out of a dysfunctional pattern and um you know go to counseling get educated you know go um you know pursue a degree or a, a different even move out of um out of the area where their family lives mm-hmm. and their family's having trouble i mean generally i just i i try to work with clients and and let them know that it's okay that if they need to you know implement that boundary if they need to create distance that that's perfectly okay and it's perfectly healthy and a lot of times that's all people need to hear is that Mm -hmm. it's okay you know that it's it's not it doesn't make them a bad person it doesn't make them you know anything other than just healthy and and taking steps to you know improve their life, you know, make themselves better overall, and Mm -hmm. to not have that toxic, you know, dynamic or relationship. Yeah, and it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I I think something you said earlier struck me as really being important is um, don't you, you don't have to do it like in a, in a mean way. Mm-hmm. You know, moving away from somebody to do something better for you that's better for yourself. You don't have to. I think not only do you not have to, you it's important that you don't um, be threatening about it or, you know, do it in a way like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this because y'all are so awful. Right. Y'all are just the worst. I've got to get away from this. You may think that in your own mind, but you certainly right. don't have to <laughs> make some big announcement and, uh, I think that is so important. That's, um, that's kind of you saying, Hey, I'm, I'm better than y'all. And I think it's important that we don't do that. So a detox from your family, basically, Uh or a family member, um, definitely, definitely is warranted and sometimes needed in order to move on or make progress in your life. Without a doubt. And you, you can just back away. You don't, I I think I need to hear sometimes you don't have to make big announcements. (laughs) You know, whenever you want to uh, back away from a person, you don't have to have a breakup call. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now I have found in my family, you do have to have that conversation oh, and, good, and you do oh, have good. to have it over and over. Um, just because there's just, again, this, this, this need to kind of fix that, I guess, from the family, okay. they want everybody to, you know, because it has caused problems like with our holidays and, mm-hmm. you know, different things like that. Um, we've had to alternate because they're just, uh, like I said, there's just, I'm, I'm not willing to be around this person any further. And so, or any longer. And so, you know, it's, it's caused a disruption in, in our family, but 
again, as hard as it is, and as hard as it is to, you know, disappoint my parents and, and my family, it's, it's been necessary for me to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I, I just, I have to make it okay. I, that there is a, that is a, I'm glad you said that because of course, that is one of those situations where I think my, my experience is the one that's the same for everyone, right? You know, that you're, you might depart, but they'll keep coming back for you. Right. They'll keep coming kind of saying what's wrong, what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. See mine, we've talked about this. Nothing has changed. Mine probably won't. I have this idea that my family wouldn't come after me. I, I, even as a kid, uh, you know, I used to want people to chase me. Mm. I would get upset and go, I'd even walk through a room upset, um, displaying what I thought upset is supposed to look like where everybody knew that's (laughs) what upset was. And I wanted people to say, what's wrong? Uh Yeah. They don't, they're not big chasers. They're like, yeah, she'll come back when she's ready. (laughs) Well, I think, um, I think it's just important for people to hear that, that, you know, it is okay. And, um, that's, that's just, you just do what you have to do to take care of yourself and, and your family and kind of what that looks like. And I think that's another thing is that, you know, when we get older and we get into relationships and, you know, we have children, we have homes, we have obligations, you know, there are sometimes conflicts that get created. And, you know, those, those situations, like, especially in an unhealthy family where, you know, maybe mom feels threatened by your relationship or, you know, her son's relationship with, you know, their wife or their spouse. And as a result, it creates, you know, this, this distance or this issue within the family Mm -hmm. um, on both sides. And it's unfortunate, but that happens because of that, you know, that fear of, of losing someone or um, just intimidated by, you know, the relationship um lots of different reasons i don't know if you've ever seen that but that's something that i've i've again experienced personally and i've also seen you know with clients over the years without a doubt that that's a I mean, that's a, i think it's an important thing that as we grow and we we get into our adulthood that we do start developing some relationships apart from our family of origin and you're right some families don't understand that I truly, I have a 20 year old son and, um, I can imagine, I mean, I can just imagine, you know, uh, this is, this is a word out for the woman that might marry him someday. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that, um, it, it will, it will be hard, you know, when he mm-hmm. makes his uh, own life and his, he begins making his own family. I of course want to be part of that. I of course want to be, uh, it, just recently there was, I asked him a question about something and he said, well, I don't know if I want to answer that. <laughs> and I was like, what? If I ask a question, of course you want to answer that question. Right. I'm your mama. And I, you know, adults do get to have that, you know, kids mm-hmm. as kids, they, you know, they usually are kind of accountable to their parents, you know, but he's 20. He doesn't have to tell me what he's doing mm. and, and why he's made a decision or what he paid for a car. You know, I mean, those are yeah. just, those are adult choices. And um, I think as a mom, that is a hard, a hard lesson to be learning at this, you know, that's kind of what I'm going through at this time of my life. But it's important that parents kind of um, 
learn about that as their children become adults that to pull away that they that it is okay for their child to pull away yeah. and i'm one of uh, somebody i admire greatly in in our profession um tells me that it's actually inc- it's it's incredible he he has a, a an adult uh, daughter and son and that he just like is tickled and and thrilled with the relationship he has with them as adults he -hmm. tells me like you know the uh, relationship you get to have with your adult children is incredibly rewarding it's very different uh, than parent child but that it's you know it is good so i'm i'm in that transition probably of of getting to learn that right now Uh, Mm -hmm. not all parents want to do that i i understand why Uh, there's some kind of mama bear instinct yeah. tells me I, I understand I think you just have to expect it I mean as as people we just we have to go out and explore and sometimes that means you know creating that distance I had uh, someone tell me the other day that they were struggling because their mom had made a comment to another family member that you know that that her relationship with her son was just very different since he had gotten married and the comment from the other family member was of course like he's married this is his person like the dynamic is going to change and it was kind of sad to hear because you know that it's true that the dynamic changes but the love and the love doesn't change I mean you you still love that person you still care about that person but the the shift sometimes again is threatening to the family member and they they take it as you know something other than what it actually is which is just a normal dynamic that forms when you you know get into a relationship with someone your your focus shifts and you know we become about making that relationship work or we become about you know building a family but to me i always think of it as you know it's a different stage of of growth it's a different stage of love where it gets deeper it gets you know more more real mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. than just that kind of baseline that we have you know in general and i think you know that's when i work with couples that talk about you know kind of losing the spark in their relationship i I relate that to this, that, you know, the longer you're together, the deeper that gets. And so it becomes less about the spark and more about, you know, this connection that you have with this person, Mm -hmm. you know, and it becomes, to me, it becomes better over time. Um, But to think that you're always going to have just this exact same relationship you have as a parent child, or, you know, that you're always going to have those warm fuzzies, you know, feelings in your relationship. Like, I think those are things that ultimately set us up for disappointment, set us up for failure sometimes. Yeah. Well, I wonder, like you have, you're like what you just celebrated, like what's your third wedding anniversary mm-hmm. Is that, and yeah. congratulations, by Thank the way. You. Um, so you are what I would still consider newly married. Mm-hmm. So what is that? I mean, like as a person that's newly married, you're an adult, and you have a mom that cares about you and wants to be part of your life. What is your, what's your advice for moms? I mean, or, or dads, you know, whoever, it seems moms just in general have a stereotypical want to be, you know, over-invested in their kids' lives. That's <laughs> at least the role we see on TV. Yeah. What would you say, like, what, what can you tell me about that as a, as a, as a mom of a new, new adult, you know, what, mm. what, what advice could you give me? How could I, how could I, for, for me, the fear is I'm going to lose him. Mm-hmm. So what, what would you tell me? How, how should I deal with I that? I would just, what I would tell you is that, you know, to expect that the dynamic of your relationship is going to change 
and that it's not going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a, a growth opportunity for both of you. And it's going to be a time where you may feel kind of out on your own. You may feel like there's distance. You may feel like, you know, you're, you're losing him, but it all comes full circle. And, you know, there will be a period where when he meets someone, he does kind of disconnect for a while. That's just, I think it's just normal. It's rare that that doesn't happen, but the harder you push, the further they get. So you just kind of embrace what relationship you do have and just understand that, you know, as they get settled into their relationship, you will become, you know, more important, Mm -hmm. but just like, you know, most things we get distracted by the new shiny thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and then things kind of level out and kind of normalize and, you know, especially the relationship between a mom and her son. I mean, I think there's just a special bond there. I think dads and daughters, you know, there's a, there's a special bond and, you know, with, with you, with Caleb being an only child, I would imagine you, you know, you have a lot of, a lot of love for him and a lot of, a lot invested in him. And, you know, I would consider you a fantastic parent just based on the things that you've shared with me. And, and you guys do have a definite connection and you, you know, you have a a relationship that he can be open and honest with you. And if he's struggling with something, he'll talk to you about it. So, I mean, that's something that a lot of parents don't get. So there's so many good things happening in your dynamic and in your relationship and there's no way that that just goes away, you know. I'm gonna cry a little bit now. <laughs> uh, that is, yeah. That I, I, thank you. I appreciate that. I I do think um, the that we do have a connection, and that's um, something important for me to keep in mind. Is connections don't just go away. It may right. change, but it doesn't just go away. I, I remind myself a lot that of how I was you know, whenever I was younger, um, my mother was a saint that she tolerated me and my antics because I was, I was um, just magnified. Anything I ever think Caleb's doing is, is nothing compared to what my mother had to deal (laughs) with. And, uh, I grew through some of those things. And I did, I did, we had an incredible adult relationship, you know, an incredible, when I found me, you know, after I went through my exploration that, that we're supposed to do, you know, at that age, right. I, of course, I came back and uh, couldn't get enough of my mom. So that's mm-hmm. uh, relationships um, that they, they are supposed to grow, right? They're supposed yeah. to. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, it changes. It sounds like your, your relationship changed over time from, you know, it, it, it deepened, it got you know, even better over time. And that's, that's how it's supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's important. I mean, that, that, I think that's important for moms or, or, or siblings or, you know, anybody who's um, maybe having a relationship with someone who wants to grow, who wants mm-hmm. to maybe move away for a while, um, physically, emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, just, um, that it's okay to give people space and time. Yeah. I think it probably is the healthy thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think it definitely is. And I think most of those, those feelings come from a place of fear and, you know, the fear of losing the fear of not seeing again, um, the fear of just change in in general. 
Um, but that's just, that's part of life growth and change. You know, it's, it's a necessary piece. And like I said, I just try to think full circle things rarely are permanent. And so, you know, you can do anything temporarily. So if temporarily you have a disconnection, then, then that's okay. Just remind yourself that this is temporary. You know, I don't necessarily know how long that is or what that means, but I do know that very few things are permanent. So when I'm going through, you know, shifts in relationships or struggles, you know, at home or at work, that's something I try to live in a space that I try to live in that this is temporary. It's gonna, it's gonna change. And I don't know what that looks like, but I know it's not going to be this forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if friendships are like that too. I mean, you and I, we, we have been friends for such a long time and there've been periods where I haven't seen you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't speak to my love for you, you know, right. and, and then there are times I just see you a lot and we interact and we connect a lot, but that yeah. doesn't, and, and usually it's just pick right up where we left off. It's yeah. just, you know, people do get busy in life, especially like you're newly married. When you met your husband, you spent a lot of time getting to know your husband. That's what we're mm-hmm. supposed to do. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's hard. I think there's a I hear um, Christians say a lot, like uh, there's a Bible verse about uh, kids when they get married, they're supposed to leave and cleave to their spouse. I hear Mm. leave and cleave that you're supposed to spend time, you know, connecting with and and your family of origin is supposed to, there is supposed to be a bit of a distance there. And, and so I think it is a just for for the, the mom angle. I think it's important that we think about that. Yeah. And maybe if, if we're married ourselves, think about that. We probably did that too. You know? mm-hmm. And it's, Absolutely. and it's healthy and it's okay. And so the healthy support is supporting that yeah. rather than inter interfering in that. Yeah. I wish, like, I absolutely know that I have done that, you know, in, in my lifetime, different relationships. And I wish that I had the knowledge now that I, you know, of what was happening so that I could have said to my mom, hey, you know, I love you, you know, validated her and let her know that, you know, I'm not going anywhere. The dynamic has shifted, you know, it may feel differently, but, you know, I'm still here. I still love you, you know, and I know on some level she knew that, but I think, you know, again, anytime that you can validate someone or, you know, let them know what's going on, I think it helps kind of minimize some of the the stuff that happens in our in our heads and our thinking Mm -hmm. absolutely I I remember um I was 29 when I went through probably the the biggest um transition in my life I mean the year of my 29th year on earth was a was a turmoil is the best way I can describe it just with so many things I went through a lot of pain a lot of growth a lot of I went, you know, and I, I actually was going through counseling and I went through a really involved and lengthy like life enrichment program. Mm -hmm. Um, It's as close to what I think, you know, treatment without having an active addiction, you know, possible. And I remember when I was going through that and it was coming to a point of me just making these great changes, I sat down with my mom and as an adult in that, in our relationship changed as a result, I just, I cried. I sat down with her. I said, I want to talk to you. And I remember thinking back as a parent now, she must've been thinking, oh my God, what 
on what's happened and what's what's wrong mm-hmm. what's you know what's she about to tell me and I just told her thank you so much for everything you did for me all my life you know I kind of was realizing that um, all the stuff that I thought was so horrible you know just like I can't believe that she said this and she you know how kids can sometimes yeah. over <laughs> overreact about those things yeah I was uh incredibly grateful for the good things but I remember that day and I just and I also said and I am so sorry because I was a monster of a child (laughs) I am so sorry for all the things I ever did to you and dad and just I am what a you know I was not easy to deal with I just I was I was difficult I, I I gave her a run for her money I'll tell you and I was the youngest of four. She had put in her time as a parent and she still did not kill me, you know, how, <laughs> how she ever, but I was, I just remember that big, huge transition in my life and life changed greatly uh, shortly thereafter. I'm uh, just, I got married a little while after that. I moved out of the country, you know, I just, so much happened, but I remember that moment of, of realization, like adult to adult. Uh, you know, I just, there was, I had a new appreciation for her and, and our relationship grew so much as adults. And it's probably one of the things I am most grateful for is I had such a good adult relationship with my mother, you mm-hmm. know, before she passed away. I just, for years, we had such that. a good relationship and I loved, it was amazing. It was yeah. just, it was, it was, a, I, I don't know how I would um, deal with her being gone if I didn't have mm. that knowledge that you know like number one that I apologized you know for the for the real inappropriate uh, behaviors that I, I I went through I'm sure there's a, a another a couple of hour long show we could do on just Paula was a, a difficult person at some Rolling point so. uh, yeah <laughs> uh, but uh, it should just changed everything and I'm yeah. so grateful that we had that I love that. I love that. And that makes me want to call my parents and thank them. (laughs) I tell myself every time my son is unappreciative and I'm just think, okay, I remember I was like that at his age and Mm -hmm. I came back around, but why the hell do we have to appreciate our parents the most after they're gone? Yeah. Why can't we get it today? Why can't we get it now? I don't have the answer for that one. (laughs) <laughs> I need every I need the answer I need you to have it well I think um, I'm, I'm glad that you got that opportunity and I think that's something that you know hearing that story hopefully will encourage people to have those conversations and you know not have regrets you know I it's one thing I've, I'm trying to make sure with my family with my parents because they are getting older and you know, my mom having Alzheimer's, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's tough. And, you know, trying to get as much time with them as possible and trying to have those conversations and, you know, let them know that I love them and I appreciate them. And we've had the conversations over the years, but, you know, it's just, I think as you get older, as a, you know, an older adult, like having those conversations, kind of reiterating those things, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a good, healthy thing. So, and like you said, it's something that's really helped you, you know, be able to cope. Mm-hmm. with the loss of your mom yeah absolutely yeah. well thank you so much for this conversation this uh topic was your you know your research and your idea and <laughs> I am so grateful for it I I, I uh, hope that some people appreciated it and got something from it but I know personally I sure did 
Yeah, well, good. I'm, and I think we'll, you know, we'll make it a two-parter. So that way we can talk next time about what a healthy family looks like. Um, we definitely covered dysfunction. <laughs> we do like. that, don't we? <laughs> well, you know, we, from, from, from life experience comes right? knowledge. <laughs> So the healthy family will probably be a much shorter episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if you're from well, a healthy family, about. could you uh, give us a call so we can interview you and find out yes. what that looks like? Yes. Send us an email with some tips. <laughs> Speaking of that, where can people email us if they'd like to reach out? They can email us at info at lifelivedbetter.net. Fantastic. Yeah. I also visit our website, um, our social media um, again, everything that we talk about, we try to make sure it's captured on our website so that you have the resources and the references if you care to go back and look. It's been a good episode. I'm, I'm yeah. in a good conversation and glad that we were able to cover this topic and hopefully we educated some people. I know I've, I feel educated myself in this area now a little bit more, so it's all good. Thank you so much. I can't wait till next time. Thank you for listening to Life Lived Better with Paula and Joseph.